Hey there, this is Jonah with Gray Area. Welcome to our series Spotlight, where our mission is to build a bigger and more united house music community by sharing new and exciting artists, brands, and festivals with you. In this interview, you'll hear from Wheats, a rising star out of Portsmouth, whose recent EP with Jamie Jones is climbing charts. Be sure to like and subscribe for more interviews like this. Hey everyone, this is Jonah with Gray Area. Uh, today on the next episode of our highlighting the amazing uh, plethora of European acts to our North American audience series. We have Wheats, David Wheatcroft. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Um, you know, we just like to get going here with kind of a fast round questions. Uh, you know, for our audience uh, who may not know you, what we like to start out is just tell us about where you're from and uh, what it's like there and kind of what the house scene is there. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm basically from uh, Portsmouth, um, and that's where I was born and raised. Um, to be to totally honest, Portsmouth isn't totally great for uh, the hazard techno scene. You've almost got to travel a little bit. So uh, the closest sort of place where you can see like great live events would be Southampton or Brighton. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with those cities, but um, they're two quite um, bigger cities that are quite good for pushing um, new talent and showcasing like big talent as well. Um, obviously, you've got like London and stuff like that, which is um, quite a pinnacle place where you can listen to great house music and like techno and like minimal and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, um, we're all sort of just twiddling our thumbs at home, just waiting for it to all get back on, on our toes and um, get back to it, to be totally honest. Yeah, absolutely, man. I thought, are you guys supposed to be opening up on like June 1st or something or June 16th? Um, I think it's June the 21st that it's fully open. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping hoping we can really get back to it solid, solidly. Uh, this summer's looking really good. Um, I think we've got like over 30 shows in the diary now for this summer. So it's looking oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I'm looking to come cool. over to um, the States in um, October with um, my good friend Lapman. Um, we're looking to like plan a little little tour and stuff over there. And um, yeah, you know, we've got Paradise and stuff in um, November. So yeah, hopefully, mate, fingers crossed, uh, we can all get back to it very soon. Absolutely, man. We just woke up this morning to the news in New York that the mayor said uh, July 1st, all, all guns blazing. So really? we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, we'll really? see. That's that would quite, be that's huge. Quite, that's, quite, that's quite a similar sort of date to us then. Yeah, I think, you know, they're just feeling like it's time. Um, anyways, I'll continue on. Uh, how old were you when you first started DJing? Um, well, when I very first started getting into it, I was about 13, 14. I was sort of showing the roots for my dad. Um, I used to, like, peer over the, the decks when I was quite young and watch him play when I was, like, six, seven. Um, and then, yeah, furthermore, um, I found an interest in it and, yeah, carried on myself as well as making records. Who inspired you to DJ? Was it, you know, just watching your dad or was there someone you were kind of listening to when you were a kid? Yeah, literally it was my dad. Like my dad was a big fan of Carl Cox and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like Frankie Knuckles and stuff. And he used, always used to show me like those sort of mixes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main inspiration was obviously my dad's because I probably wouldn't have even known about music or anything unless it, unless it was for him sort of thing. Awesome. What do you remember about, you know, the first gig you played, whether, you know, under your current name or just like literally a house party or something like that? 
think I was 14 and my dad actually snuck me into a nightclub um, behind the closed doors. And I remember I used to, I took my laptop in there, um, even took my, I had like some really old CDJs at the time that I used to have wired into my laptop. Um, and I think it was about 14 and it was a club called the Sky Bar, which is a, a really small club in Portsmouth. And literally no one turned up whatsoever. I was literally just playing with my dad and his friends. I felt, I felt like, Christ, I need to make some friends my age. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah, that, I think that's the earliest I can remember. Yeah, about 13, 14, roughly. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, if you had to pick, you know, and obviously you got a long, bright career ahead of you, but right now, if there was a festival or venue that you haven't played at, that's like absolutely the number one dream to play at, what would that be? Um, I'd have to say DC 10 um, from watching Jamie Jones smash it like for the last like three or four years at Paradise. Um, literally, it would be a dream to play somewhere like that. And hopefully, fingers crossed, next year will be where I can hopefully play there. But um, yeah, we'll have to just keep our eyes and ears peeled on that. Absolutely. Much more. <laughs> if you had to pick one between a festival, kind of a big big venue or like more intimate club what would you go with um i'd say a more intimate club because i feel you've got more control over the crowd whereas at a festival you've got you've got quite a widespread of people and i'd say you'd have more control and more connection in an intimate club awesome um next thing you know one of the things we like to ask about is I think when we look at artists like yourself or people in this world, you know, there's an assumption that it's like all you do is listen to house and techno. I'm wondering, you know, if there's any other, any artists or genres that you do listen to that kind of fall outside that realm. Um, so basically whenever I'm in like the car and stuff like that, uh, I've always got a radio station on called uh, BBC Radio 2. So basically they don't play anything that's in the UK top 40 and it's like a widespread. So whether it's like 70s, 80s, 90s or even like stuff that's come out now that just wouldn't make it into mainstream radio. I just find it's so much more refreshing and you can generate um, ideas for your own record just by listening to um, radio stations that don't power mainstream radio. Awesome. Well, that kind of leads directly to the next question, which I'm curious about is, you know, I think when it comes to producing music, everybody has their own flow, you know, distinct way of getting into it. For you, you know, is there a moment where like you hear something and you're like, man, I got to get in the studio and, or, you know, what's the process of kind of just sitting down and writing music and then follow up? Once you're there, you know, where do you start? Is it I'm trying to find a catchy vocal sample. I need to get the bass line, yeah. the synths, whatever. Um, I'd, I'd say it varies. Um, sometimes you you know, you know you hear a sample or a sound and you're like, right, I want to sample that and then build a record around it. Or sometimes you're just like, right, I'm just going to go in and go for it and see what I can do. So you're just like start grabbing samples from all over the place rather than a specific one. But um, quite recently, I've been doing quite a few like old edits of like old 80s records that aren't that wasn't that quite popular. So I'm just like turning it, flipping them around and making them into like a housey track rather than the old disco-y sort of style. Um, but yeah, that's just sort of what I'm doing at the moment anyway. Awesome. Uh, last one on this round is, uh, do you have a pre-show ritual? Uh, pre what do, you, what do you mean in, in terms of like if you're if you're playing a set whether you know festival club whatever it is and 
you know, 30 minutes before your set time, what are you doing? 30 minutes before, God, feels like forever since I can remember. <laughs> um, 30 minutes before, um, you know, I'm just talking to the promoter and stuff, just getting to know him, um, you know, just being a kind, chatty guy. Um, Cause I, I, I'm not really the one to be turning up one minute before. And then yeah. you're sort of almost like taking the mick, if you get what I mean. Like you just turn up, play and go. Like I like to, you know, make friends with these guys because, you know, you want them to, to book you again, essentially. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a talent buyer in New York as well. So I appreciate that answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, turn up, I'll turn up an hour before for you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I look forward to that, man. Um, we got to get you down here soon. But, uh, well, that's awesome. I want to move on um, and kind of just run through your career. You know, one of the things I like to do, and I think a great way to look at someone's career is, is you know, follow the music. And uh, I felt like I, I was listening to, you know, everything you've put out and, you know, it seemed like there were kind of some distinct phases and, you know, your sound has certainly changed and progressed and, in my opinion, you know, gotten better um, over the years uh, as, you know, you've honed your craft. So I kind of want to start in the beginning, you know, some of the first music you put out, like Knee Deep, The Place, Dedication, The Start. You know, some of these releases felt like a little more stripped down, a little simpler. Can you tell us about just kind of the start of being a producer, what it was like for you, some of the challenges you faced? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I very first started, I sort of didn't have a direction. So I was on, even up to like three years ago, I still didn't really have a direction of where I wanted to go. Um, and I don't think that's down to me rushing. I just think I, was, I just felt a little bit lost. Um, I hadn't been like out enough and explored enough music to understand really where I wanted to go. Um, but more recently, um, I know sort of the route I want to go down now. I want to I want to make this sort of hypnotic, trippy sort of style. Um, and that's just off experience of being in a club and having that feeling yourself. You want to be, I, I personally want to almost be hypnotized by the DJ, if that makes sense. And some, I know it sounds like a bit crazy, but um, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how I want to play. If you, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I got some stuff I want to ask before that, but when I get to that point, it's like, I have in my notes that I was feeling like, you know, your sound was getting a little deeper and a little more intense and obviously we're going to talk about him later but i think you've had some influence from jamie jones and uh yeah you know i think he's like one of the masters of that and it's a really special way to control the crowd um you know kind of as i was working through it it felt like one of the kind of change points for you maybe was the r shrill ep um you know some more vocal samples it was a little more higher energy and i feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, but that might have been a bit of a breakthrough for you because it, it felt like after that, all of a sudden you're putting out like tons of music with Tool Room, you know, getting some of this artist support. Um, so I was wondering if you could just tell me about that EP and then, you know, how yeah. you connected with Tool Room. So, so basically that EP, if I remember rightly, it was released on a label called Amplified Records. And they were a local brand who which was the brand which I was uh, first residence with. And they were actually a small brand in Portsmouth. Um, and they're still going to, the, uh, to this day, like they're still booking me to this day, which is great. Um, 
but yeah, they were the ones that sort of shines the light on me first to say, right, we're going to take you under our wing and stuff. So I think that's what motivated me the most because um, they had, they even though they were a smallish brand, they still um, had big connections. So they would do stuff at like Ministry of Sound um, and also their promo list would, would reach quite a few people. So I think that's what motivated me the most um seeing all the support and stuff and then i was like right i want to keep going with this do you know what i mean just keep smashing out loads of records and just see where it takes me yeah absolutely so you know it kind of followed with like the serious run on tool room um for you there you know did they connect you with tool room did you just decide like that's the label i want to be on and then um to be honest i i met tool room in in Brighton. So basically I went out there with a few friends. Um, I think it was like 2016 and yeah, I basically handed in a demo and it won demo of the week. And then, um, later on that year, they actually, um, their company engine rooms asked to manage me, um, which is who I'm with now with Paul. Um, and yeah, we work, we work really great. We've, we've worked really hard ever since the beginning um yeah and that's just sort of how i um how i met them awesome so you know around this time i think uh carrie chandler started playing some of your music and yeah you know he's obviously such a huge name in the scene and and a big american name which i think a lot of people might not think that he's american but just you know an absolute yeah. legend uh okay. right, for on. you you know when you kind of get that sign off from someone who's, you know, such a figure, you know, what is that, what is that like for you? And is that kind of a, an affirmation that like, yeah, I'm, I can make yeah. it, I'm doing this. Um, so basically I, I actually, I met Kerry at a festival. Um, I think it was in like 2017. And ever since then, I was with my dad as well, funny enough. And my dad got chatting to him about um, some, some old like vinyl records and stuff like that. And um, basically then um, Kerry like, asked me to come over and I handed him a USB. And then literally that day he opened his set with um, the track you were talking about earlier at the start. Um, and it literally blew my mind. It was the first like big bit of support I've ever had right in front of me sort of thing. Because he was playing in front of like 10,000 people. And then literally ever since then, um, you know, we kept in contact through WhatsApp and stuff. Um, he eventually went on to like releasing some of my records on his label, Mad Tech. Um, and then, yeah, just, um, you know, we've, we, even to this day, we're still really chatty and stuff. Um, we've even got like the same booking agent now, which is uh, quite crazy as well, which in some sense where he's like a massive UK, um, US legend. And, um, yeah, I'm little of me and yeah, I'm in his sort of shadow sort of thing. It's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Well, you know, as we, as you alluded to earlier, you know, you had this big run with tour room and then your sound kind of started to change a little, uh, as I was saying, you know, felt like you got a little deeper, as you mentioned, you wanted to kind of hit this hypnotic lens. Um, I kind of, you know, just cause you mentioned it, like, was there a moment for you where you saw someone performing and you're like, this is the direction I want to go in, or, you know, were you hearing some music that inspired you? Like what kind of prompted that change? Yeah, so I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but I went to a festival, We Are Festival with some friends. And um, yeah, I was literally just in the crowds and I was watching Jamie Jones back to back with Marco Crowley back to back with 
Martina's brother was, and I think it was like for about four or five hours, and it was just literally blew my mind. Like I'd never experienced anything like it. Um, and yeah, I, I was ever since then. It's literally changed the direction I wanted to go in. I knew, I, I knew it sort of like opened my eyes, if that makes sense. Like it opened the door. I was like, right, this is it. This is this, I found sort of my home, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, uh, as you said with Carrie Chandler, it's like this really intense feeling when someone like that is giving you support. You know, I, I was like looking through your Instagram and you have this picture up from like April of 2017 with Jamie Jones. Yeah. And I don't know if he, like, I, I was wondering if you could just give us the context uh, behind like when you met him there and then, you know, kind of the journey of that relationship from that point to like, you recently posted a picture with him and you're obviously putting out music with him now on hot tracks. Yeah. yeah so basically um, I, I got quite friendly with um, a guy called Ryan Keery, who actually owned a club in Southampton with Switch. Um, he books, like I said earlier, books quite big talent over down in Southampton. Um, and then um, Ryan invited me to the green room because um, I was dying to sort of meet Jamie. Um, so yeah, I literally just got chatting to Jamie. Obviously I was like a, a young, wide-eyed boy. And um, as you can see that photo, I looked like about 10 years old. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah I, I literally handed him a USB and he was like, yeah, great, I'll check it out. And yeah, ever since then, I've just I sent him music. And then recently in the last sort of year or two, I've now been like pushing music out on his labels and also been playing for his parties, Paradise. That's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, he, I think that feeling you're describing of seeing him at that festival is what a lot of people experience when they see Jamie Jones, where, you know, he's one of these guys that can kind of go in any direction and he plays a lot of different styles, but like when you catch him on the right night, you know, it's, it's 1am and then it's 4am and like, you don't yeah, know what happens. That's it, yeah. You don't know what yeah. happened in those four hours. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, obviously, you know, you're mentioning uh, DC 10 and, you know, kind of in this series as we're trying to introduce a bit more like European club and electronic culture to Americans. I'm wondering if, you know, there's, there are places in Europe whether it's countries, clubs, cities that, you know, you think need to be on the list of like any electronic fan to visit and maybe, you know, a place that kind of flies under the radar. I think that uh, for a lot of Americans and even people in Europe, maybe like Ibiza, we know. And, you know, maybe we know that there's a scene in the UK and people in Berlin listen to techno, but where are the other places, you know, where the magic is happening? Um, Amsterdam is definitely up there. Um, there's a lot of cool guys over there, like um, Luke Van Dyke, um, another, um, and there's a few other guys there. Um, they're pushing some really cool, minimal sounds um, from that direction. And they're actually getting booked quite heavily in the UK now. Um, and yeah, I'd say Amsterdam, for especially for ADE as well, um, in October, where almost the whole world just flies over to Amsterdam and just basically have it off for a week. They call it like networking, but really yeah. they're just having a load of beers and just listening to crib music. Um, and I'd say another one is Miami. Um, I've only been there once, but um, yeah, it's definitely another great place. It's basically, it's basically ADE, but in the sun sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool clubs in Miami where you can go and listen to some great music that's pulled in from all over the world. So I guess, you know, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. You know, I think for, and I'm actually not sure, but have you, have you played many shows in the U S or 
have you toured um, here yet? Yeah, I've played quite a few. Um, I think I played. Um, I played in Brooklyn. Um, I played uh, Miami, uh, San Diego. Um, yeah, I've played. I've played quite a few places. I'd like to play a lot more though. So hopefully this year will be the year where I can really conquer over there sort of thing. Are there any venues or cities in the US that you're dying to hit? Um, space definitely. Um, yeah. I was actually booked to play for Paradise last year, um, but obviously, literally, um, it was the week of when COVID sort of erupted, um, so unfortunately, I got cancelled. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to coming back over this year, definitely. Um, yeah, play for Paradise in Vegas and a few other few other things we got going on as well. Awesome. Um, you know, I think as uh, we talked about, like restrictions are lifting, the world's kind of opening up again. When you're looking forward, whether it's the rest of this year or just kind of down the line, uh, you know, the first thing, music-wise, you know, are there any artists that, you know, you're working with or you're planning on working with in terms of releases and, you know, what's going on there for you? Yeah, um, quite recently, literally about two weeks ago, um, me and Latman sat in the studio for about two weeks and, um, yeah, we've wrote about five, six tracks um, so we're hoping to release those in September. We've only literally just sent them over to a few few people now, um, just getting feedback and stuff. And then um, hopefully, mate, yeah, by September that will that will be out. Um, who else am I working with? Um, working with quite a few vocalists. And there's a there's a young lady called Medusa, and she does quite trippy um, vocals. I've just done an EP with with her on hot tracks on Jamie's imprint and yeah, it's doing really well. It's doing really well. It's climbing up Beatport really quickly. Um, so that's quite um, interesting to see. And yeah, I mean, I'm always like open. So for all I know, you know, there could be something in my inbox right this second. And um, yeah, you know what I mean? Is there, is there anyone that's like, the dream collab. I mean, let's let's just assume that Jamie Jones is on that list. The past Jamie Jones. Yeah. Who, who's yeah. the next I mean, person? Obviously, Jamie. Obviously, Jamie's at the top. <laughs> but um, uh, dream collab. Um, um, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. But is it Bodela? B O D E L E R or Bodela? Um, basically, I've I've recently discovered him, and he's um. He's really, really good. Makes really great uh, modular records, um, and yeah, just all, it all sounds really great for a, um, a cool hypnotic sort of set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I've come across him. I've, I'm quite amazed with some of the stuff he's done. So, kind of piggybacking on this, you know, I, I've gotten a mixed response on this question in my interviews, but back to back. DJ set is that something you're into and if you ask you know who yeah. do you who do you like to play with and who would be a dream to play with um yeah I mean I, li- I like playing with uh with like Latman and stuff like that we get on quite well and we understand what direction we want to take the music um obviously a dream sort of thing would be you know playing with Jamie or like Marco or something like that um but in terms of like now um yeah me and me and Latman get on quite great that's why we've decided to you know make some records together and you know design a tour for the u.s awesome well on that and this is kind of you know my last question for you but 
on the live side, you know, I think that it's there's such a wide range of, of what you can do. And, you know, every tour is going to be different if you're touring with Latman or if it's by yourself or you're supporting Jamie or whatever it is. But kind of bigger picture, uh, what do you envision as like the live side for you? You know, when you're eventually doing your own headline run, you know, is there special production you'd like to see? Do you always envision it as like a DJ set or do you ever see yourself kind of mixing in any live instruments or whatever? Yeah. Um, in terms of production stuff, I would like to, to be ideally like quite red, um, almost the same sort of color as the way Circle Loco lights are and stuff. Just nothing too mental, just quite red and just straight up great music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and obviously I'd like to curate my own, my own lineups for my own party to, really push this sound that I'm visualizing. That's awesome, man. Um, kind of on that, you know, do you ever see yourself wanting to like start a label? You know, I think the curation aspect is such a great piece of, you know, increasing your profile as being able to highlight other artists. Is that something yeah. that, you know, you'd want in your future? Yeah. So basically um, I'm working at the moment um, on a little um, project called Box Red. Um, where I'm going to basically just do little edits and stuff to Bandcamp and um, and doing the odd like vinyl releases and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be entitled Box Reds. And yeah, I'm just excited to see where I can take it sort of thing. Awesome. Uh, the last question I got for you is, you know, on the curation side, do you have like a couple, three, whatever kind of up and coming artists that, you know, you're listening to now that you think your average person might not know? Yeah. Uh, so there's a guy called Ants. Um, and I've said, I've said his name in a few sort of interviews and stuff. I think he's really great. He's, um, he's just got an upcoming release on um, Michael Beebe's and Pauses label, um, Solid Grooves, uh, which is looking like it's going to do quite well. Um, Who would be another guy? Uh, there's another guy called um, Ali O'Sullivan. Uh, he's been sending me quite a lot of music recently. Um, quite impressed of what he can do. Um, very in like the paradise sort of world. And another guy would be Jamie Fielding. Um, he's just re recently released on um, Hot Tracks, and yeah, he's definitely up my street. Something I can I can literally play almost any of his records. They sound great. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, the the latest EP was really amazing. And I think the direction you're going in is, is special. And uh, I hope that we see you soon, man. If you're coming to New York, please let us know. Nice one. Thank you for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Bye.